0: Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull.
1: And today we're going to teach you how to tell Tell your your story. story. So since we talked about how to transition from subplot 1 to 2, we need to talk about how to transition to 2 to 3. Now, yeah. Of course, everything is hypothetical because we've not played this game.
0: But um, so assuming your players have gone through the war, assuming they found out um, certain pieces of information, whether or not they believed it or not, that the advisors have the same plan. They've seen the big battles are always sitting on very neutral, flat spots where the most damage is inflicted on both parties. Um, they've maybe been involved in a couple of other side quests and stuff where it feels like um, they can ambush the enemy, but they're not allowed to. They can do a lot of pain on the enemy, but they're, they're held back. Um, they're feeling like this isn't the war we signed on to. Maybe that guy was right you know whether they killed him or took him in or let him go maybe that guy is right and then what happens is what you do is the transition from subplot two to three will be simply this you create like the big epic battle for subplot two it's the last going to be probably your last three gaming sessions is one battle maybe five or six they They'll level after that session though um, they don't level in the middle of the battle. They'll level after the battle. So they'll start the battle. if it takes you six sessions, fine, and then they level at the end of the battle. But they're gonna do this ma- massive battle where pretty much two even armies fight on even playing field, and they just decimate each other. to a stalemate, to a stalemate where most people are like, like to a point where it's like even your players are barely standing, like they're tired, their stamina is gone. everything's done, right? And there's still a war to fight, but then you see the two advisors show up, one on each hillside, overlooking the battlefield, and they start chanting. And all of a sudden, you start seeing an entire room as big as the battlefield light up, fed by the blood of dwarves and elves for the power, thousands of them. And then you see it shoot up into the sky, and this portal opens in the sky. And that's when you have—or on the ground. It depends on what you're playing, right? But it opens somewhere. And the next thing—not over your players, though. So it's got to open above them enough so they're not sucked into it. But what happens is your demons, your angels, your— Elementals,
1: elementals whatever. Elementals,
0: whatever it is. Whatever you're having come start out. Start pouring. Start coming out. And everybody who's left starts running for their lives, but they realize really quickly— Wait, our advisors are doing this now. To your players, it's not going to be this. It might be this big reveal, but it's not going to be unheard of. They know something was up. They figured they'd heard stuff. They've heard not just not just the three times I told you to tell them, and not just the one guy you were supposed to assassinate, but they've heard murmurs and rumors that you know they knew something was up, but not
1: necessarily this
0: exactly. I mean, you could even change it up, too, if you want to do a twist on that, that maybe the the Elvin advisor actually was killed and replaced by a shapeshifter or somebody who's doing, like, a, a disguised self over themselves. I mean, like, you've heard rumors, like, that, you know, one day they went out and then they came back and they haven't acted the same sense. I mean, you could do all sorts of things where they might be possessed. I mean, you could do anything you want on that. The point is
1: d has a monster called a doppelganger for that reason.
0: Exactly. Right. And everything is crazy where it's just like you realize both sides realize, oh, my God, we've been had. So they start to flee and you have the two factions, what's left of them, start to flee in the same area because you could have it kind of like a um, there's like mountains on three sides and there's a plane that runs in between. But there's also a plane that runs out to the ocean and the only really way out is to go toward the the ocean, right? Like they can't climb the mountains. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, both factions are no longer fighting one another. They're running for their lives from the things coming out that are now killing whoever hasn't lived yet. And now you're two factions, some of which they could have already met, right? You, they, they could run into the guy they kidnapped. They could run into somebody that maybe have kidnapped one of them if they got captured early on. Um, But that dwarf they had to kidnap, they could run into him. Um, They could run into friend and foe alike. And all of a sudden, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And they have to figure out what's going on. And so this is how I would transition from two to three. And then the rest of the third subplot, I'd have them gathering an army, gathering intelligence, gathering people. Trying to figure out how to fight a losing war and win. Right. And maybe they realize part of it is to kill the two advisors get the information out of them. And then when you get both pieces of information, you find out that there is a counter spell to the portal that's being held open. And, but only one, you have to get both parties, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, cause they each did half of a spell. Like they actually fully don't know what they each did because they were given the instructions from somebody else. But when you have both halves, you can actually put together how to unravel it and close the portal and that is how you would do the conflict part. Yeah, that's how you do the conflict part of this whole thing, where you would you would then have them work toward unraveling the thing that was that was made. So then they need to go back to that same plane, do the counterspell on both of those um, those two hills, which means that you have your party split. Yep, and you have a hold until. And the hold until isn't for backup. The hold is until you finish the, until you finish the uh, uh, the, the statements, right? So yeah. then the portal closes, and this is where I would do this. Okay, I'm not a big fan of total party kills, but in this one, this
1: is exactly what I would do. Yeah. Total party kill here. Yep, it's a great place to do a total party kill because now your players aren't necessarily pissed about their character dying. Right, they actually feel like it's part of the story. Yep, they saved the world. Because we're going back to Lord of the Rings' is great example. Golem didn't have to die, but oh. he chose to, and it saved his life technically, sacrifice and caused everything to happen. Right. Yeah. Even though that it was from a selfish cause. He saved the world, but not by his own choosing. <laughs> yeah, but as long as a character death is impactful to the story, your player won't be pissed. Right If I go into a weird random cave and I get killed, I get pissed,
0: but in this case, I'm literally like I'm the, saving
1: the world so of course yep. I, of course I'm going to go more hoorah than yep I'm pissed because my DM's a dick and decided to have a dire lion kill me for no, for reason. no reason
0: right now at this point, they, they, they're facing un, un, insurmountable odds, and as they keep going, you have a counter going, and what you keep doing what you show is a build the suspense is you start having their NPCs just getting mauled 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 and what you do is they finish the last line and maybe they
1: have three or four more rounds and they realize like we can't get out of this you know um just having them fight to their last is not a bad way to go right they've, they've closed the portal and now no more things are coming into the world but they still have all of the army around them and it's just them or a handful of npcs left how do you and you're split so you're not even together yep and then they both get taken down. Eventually, just keep whittling. Yep. How many, how many things can you go to take down with you? Yep. Is, is now the is now it's it. this heroic death. And you've
0: stopped the portal from opening. And then you're like, okay, that's the game, guys. And at which point most everybody I know, even myself, I was playing that game and be like, oh my God, that was so good. We like, we save the world, man. High fives around, everybody's cheering, and then you can ask the question do you guys want to roll up new characters and play in the same world or do we want to be done with this world
1: and move on to to another story
0: entirely? And if they want to play in this world, like I said, I would say to them, okay, cool. Let's set it 100 years in the future and let's do a lexicon next time so that we can play through. If you haven't heard Mm -hmm. what the lexicon is, go to skullrpg.com slash resources. You can see lexicon. It shows you it's a really fun game. You can play with your players too build out and flesh out a world. Why do you need to flesh out this world? Because you need to flesh this world out a little bit later, a hundred years later, and then you need to roll up all new um, characters, all new things. But at that point, like I said, in one of the other episodes just earlier, I would say 100 years, you have a kingdom of these outsiders and then your dwarven kingdom and your elven kingdom. And those two are barely hanging on with a thread, but they don't trust one another. Yep. Because you guys merged with the army that was left, not with the kingdoms.
1: Nobody knows what happened. They know that the two armies went to war. Everybody died. And these things showed up and the portals showed up. Well, eventually. But then there was something that happened after because
0: some army went in, killed the two advisors from both sides. Yeah. Yeah
1: and then the portal shut down. Your your player's heroic act got forgotten in time because nobody yep. was there to tell their story. Exactly, which is also just a kick in the pants. It's so
0: cool. I mean, I would love to play this story and I might I might play this story, but the issue is this gives you an idea of how you can these transitions are so important and figuring out what you want the end game to be. Now, if you don't want to be brutal on it, You can argue that the portal has dropped all the things it needed to drop in, but they were using the portal to supply themselves with food and other resources, and all you've done is cut off their supply line. If you want to play cutthroat with it, the portal is still dropping, like, XD6-whatevers in every minute. While they're trying to close it. Or just permanently. Yeah. Like, they're still moving... Like the concept was like everything in this plane is moving into our plane to take over. Mm -hmm. And so there's just a steady stream of these things coming through the portal. And so you could just rule like, okay, after, you know, X number of minutes equals X number of dice of monsters. And so, yeah, you, you have to shut it down. Otherwise, your whole world's done. Which leaves some fun part to it, but it also shows you like this the brutality is once they come in, they realize you're trying to stop it, they're going to start fighting you. So you're realizing like, even if I shut this portal down, there's still so many we can't survive. Yeah. But that's not why you do it, right? The heroic act is saving the world, saving your world, you know, saving the kingdom of Fenlindy, right? That's what you were doing. That's your elven kingdom. You're doing it for Theron tier. And revenge and everything you hold and love dearly. And it's a really good story. But not knowing where you're going at any time and just randomly rolling monster tables is really not the best way to GM. Having a full-out story like we just talked about is the best way to GM because now you know what story you want to tell and you can make your game sessions always at least leave some sort of clue to keep the thing going. And if you think about it, if you're watching a TV show that's done well, even if there's a slow moment in the show, there's still a hint or two or a clue or two that came out for the rest of the big conflict. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you know, the big show will be moving you faster through it. Like each session, each each show you watch is literally packed full of Reveals and things to get you, or foreshadowing to get you to the next one. Um, and there's not a lot of lameness there, but that's why I want you to think about your gaming campaign in terms of a story, because this helps you tell your story. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.